Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Riverfront. This is episode number 469 of the World's Most Dangerous Podcast, where we discuss the Cincinnati Reds and occasionally Eddie Taubenzee. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me this week, your friend and mine, Nate Dotson. How are you, Nate? Chad, I am fantastic. I'm feeling good. You know, I slept well last night. I uh, took a shower, so I'm smelling good, too. I'm excited to talk a little baseball. Yes, absolutely. Hope springs eternal, especially this time of year. And we're going to talk some baseball before we do. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button, smash the subscribe button. And if you're listening elsewhere, you know what to do. Follow us. Uh, Nate, before we get started, really, with the uh, the news of the week and the, and the things we want to talk about here, there was a suggestion in our uh, Slack channel. Of course, if you're a, a member of the family at patreon.com slash riverfrontcency, you have access to our Slack channel. And our buddy Carlos uh, Guevara, who was uh, on the show last week, had a suggestion that for his first practice of his uh, six-year-old son's uh, baseball practice, that they were just going to play wiffle ball the whole time. And we had a great conversation about wiffle ball and just brought back some fantastic memories and makes me want to go play wiffle ball right now. Are, are, you, are you in for that? I could not be more in. I was walking around uh, our neighborhood a few days ago, and I found a little, it's like a little tiny park that is in the perfect diamond shape, tree-lined, at the end, end of the property, it's just it was made for wiffle ball. I think we got to make it happen. Let's do it. A couple of weeks ago, I was just walk, I was walking around the grocery store, and they had the the wiffle balls, the the yellow long yellow wiffle bats, and the wiffle balls. I was like, oh, I started to buy one, even though there's no reason for me to have one at this point, just for the n- nostalgia's sake. See, I can uh, wax poetic about wiffle ball all day long. I mean, we evolved as you know, we started out a wiffle ball family. You know, us and our cousins and. Every family reunion, family get together, we're out there playing until one of the cousins got in a fight with another one and we had to call it quits. Always. And then we kept it going until, until our late teens. And we'd go out to the local college's tennis courts at night under the lights. We got PVC pipe and netting and made a whole K zone. Like we got pretty sophisticated with it. And uh, I don't know, man. I, the number one reason, among the top reasons why I'm excited to have kids sometime soon is to pass on my wiffle ball knowledge. Yeah, good times, good times. So um, we'll probably talk about some baseball now, but I really wanted to, you know, I, I thought about this or I thought, well, maybe we should spend an hour with our wiffle ball memories because I'm, so many of you, I'm sure, have wiffle ball memories. We won't do that. We'll get into the, the news of the week. And uh, the first thing I want to mention before we get too deep into things is um, we have some had some exciting news this week at uh, the Riverfront. And you probably saw it if you're, if you're following the show, if you're a friend of the show. You know, um, last year we, uh, I, you know, sorry, I, I appeared on the show. We talked a lot how much we enjoyed the late night Reds talk show, and it was a live show. We did a couple of live shows, but for various reasons, we prefer this format for our show. Um, but that late night Reds talk was always a good time, 
and um, it, there's something different about just being able to interact. Well, it kind of went away uh, for whatever reason, and uh, two of the three hosts of that show decided, hey, we'll get this thing going. And so all of a sudden we thought, well, let's let's talk. And boom, now we have a second Cincinnati Reds focus show here at the Riverfront Network. It's going to be Sunday nights. Uh, going to go live here on, on the Riverfront YouTube channel. So riverfront.com. No, youtube.com slash Riverfront Cincy. And it'll also be on Facebook and on uh, Twitter at Riverfront Cincy at those places. And it's, it's going to be a live show. It's going to, Tim Daniel is going to be the uh, the host of the show. Carlos gave, you know, was last week. He's beyond as soon as he can. Well, that show and this one as often as possible. Nate and I will make appearances. Other people will make appearances. It's, we've got a lot of great plans. There's a different element to the live show. And I'm really excited to see our Riverfront family kind of, uh, join that late night reds uh, talk family because really they, they had a great group a uh, great group of uh watchers listeners viewers um and i just think it's gonna be a blast i'm i'm looking forward to it I, I, i'm tempted to just not ever go on the show just dive into the the comments <laughs> and just be a be a viewer and see if i can wreak havoc but anyway i wanted to, we wanted to mention that if you, you probably saw our announcement video i'm really happy to have tim and carlos and uh, i'm excited about it nate what do you think i am equally if not more excited those guys were one of my favorite listens when they were over there doing their own thing. So I use them as a source to get a lot of good res news, a lot of good content and wrap my head around some things. So getting to uh, add them to the fold and talk baseball with them is going to be dope. Um, also, the big the big news in all of this is that apparently you and Mr. Tim Daniel have squashed last year's beef. So I'm all about <laughs> squashing beefs on the Internet. So uh, that's a good sign. We did have some fake beef last year and, uh, and we've uh, – <laughs> We fake squashed it now. No, it's going to be fun. It's going to be good. And just logistically, if you are a, a fan of late night uh, Reds talk, the show will be found on the Riverfront's uh, YouTube channel. Also, if you are subscribed to the YouTube or to the uh, the Riverfront, well, I'm, I'm Nick Crawlesque talking today. <laughs> I'm really not uh, in my, uh, you know, um, see, I can't even think what I'm trying to say. Uh Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Riverfront. This is episode number 469 of the world's most... No, if, if you're subscribed to the Riverfront, our baseball show, on uh, any audio platform, Apple Podcasts, uh, you know, Google Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio, whatever that is, uh, we're on uh, Spotify, then you're going to get two red shows a week now. You're going to have this one that comes to you, uh, as always, uh, every Friday morning drops, and then you're going to have the live show, the recording of the live show. It will not be live in your podcast app. I'm sorry to tell you that, that functionality doesn't exist yet, as far as I know. Well, it probably does, actually, now that I think about it. But um, you will be able to watch the show on Sunday nights, 9 p.m., every single week. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a good It's going to be a good time. And, uh, again, so subscribe here to YouTube or uh, audio version, and you will not miss an episode. Also on the YouTube channel, of course, you get two red shows plus the Riverfront Bengals show. So three... Oh. Three options for your sports inter- Cincinnati-related sports entertainment at one YouTube channel. It's amazing. All right, Nate. News of the week. We've got David some. Be- David Bell this week. Today, actually, as we record this on Thursday, announced Hunter Green would be starting on opening day for the Cincinnati Reds. And, uh, and Nicola Dolo and Graham Ashcraft will pitch games two and three. So... Uh, you know, there's some talk about who, whether it would be Lodolo or Green. This does not surprise me at all, and it's not really that big, big a news. But um, you know, it's it's official now. Hunter Green, who had a really nice looking outing today, pitched four innings, um, 
will be the opening day starter. Any thoughts about that, Nate? I think it's the right choice. There are a lot of people uh, sort of clamoring for Nick Lodolo to do it, and I certainly get that. He is deserving as well. But we've talked about it plenty here. Hunter Green is you – know, he's got that ceiling. He's got that not just ace of the staff, but, you know, top pitcher in all of baseball, you know, talent in that arm. So go ahead, put him out in the spotlight. Um, let him know, hey, man, hey, young fella, the job's yours. Go take it. And it's a great, it's an awesome honor. I think he's very well equipped to handle the spotlight and might not get to pitch in front of a crowd like that too many times this year. So take advantage of it. Have some fun. Congrats to Hunter. Yeah, right. You know, it's, it's, it's an honor for him. He's earned it. Um, I was a little disappointed that they didn't give the uh, starting spot to one of the uh, the Grand Marshals for this year's uh, Finley Market Parade. Either uh, Bronson Arroyo, I guess, but I would have given the start to um, Danny Graves, two Reds uh, Hall of Famers this year. So, no, Hunter Green, you know, is what it is. Um, I'm looking forward to see, seeing him pitch in that environment. I hope that it is. Although they're, all the reports are they're having trouble selling out opening day. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to be there. But uh, if you want to go, go watch Hunter Green. It'll probably be worth the price of admission. Yeah. Opening day usually is in Cincinnati. I hope, it's, uh, I hope this is the first of about 15 opening days that Hunter Green starts in a Reds uniform. I hope he only starts seven and a half opening days. And those other seven and a half go to Nick Lodolo. Okay, split it in the middle. Very democratic. Yeah, yeah we'll take that. All right, so uh, there are some other some other news of the week, some things we want to talk about. But a way to get into it, I think, is probably about uh, uh, this piece that I wrote this week uh, for my, uh, my newsletter. If you don't subscribe to the newsletter, what are you even doing? Go to chaddotson.com. You can get that newsletter for free. And so the piece I wrote, the headline, and again, on, on Twitter, you could tell who just read the headline, who actually read the piece. But the headline was, it's okay to get irrationally excited about Reds spring training. And let me just say, give the premise of the piece, and then we can kind of talk about the uh, the reaction to it uh, briefly. We don't, I don't want to give, uh, you know, I'm not going to name names here. But um, so essentially my piece was this. If you are mad at the Reds, if you're mad at ownership for the way they've screwed up the last few years of this organization, if they're in the middle of another rebuild, if you're mad about that and not going to forgive the Castellinis, that's fine. We encourage that. Do what you want to do. But this, the other flip side of this was, but if you're really excited about the prospects, if you really love the prospects and you're just over the moon excited about what's happening this spring with these kids, hey, that's okay too. It's, you know, it's great. Do it, you know. Enjoy the team however you want to enjoy it, whatever. And so my, the whole thing was just, it's okay to feel however you want to feel about these Reds. And, you know, essentially the, the thrust of it was, it's okay if some people want to be really excited about kids that have never played above A ball. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, have at it. So, uh, Nate, what, what's your reaction to that particular thought? And then maybe we can talk about some of the, uh, the, the funny stuff around it. The particular thought is spot on. And it's kind of consistent with what we've been saying here for a while now. Um, obviously, the tone of this podcast has been what it's been for a while. And to an extent, that's not going to change that much. Like We're going to continue to be honest and stuff. But, uh, yeah, man, it would be impossible to be a Reds fan and not be excited about some of the things that are happening on these spring training fields in Arizona. And, I mean, I'm, I'm caught up in it. I love it. I've got the fever. But I also am still very, very annoyed that the Reds have not put a quality major league product on the field, except for like four times since I turned six. And I am significantly older than six now. So, um, 
the Twitter Twitter got a hold of it, and you know, I think it started with some just good nature ribbing, and then it exploded from there. But uh, you know, we kind of have been pretty consistent that you know we, we want to root for the guys in the Reds uniform, guys that are wearing that Cincinnati C on their laundry, and yeah, I, I'm not gonna go crazy for a big Daytona or Daytona, um, you know, Tortugas or whatever with eight dragons win this year. I want the guys to succeed. But I'm not going to go nuts. Well, in spring training, they're wearing the right jerseys. They're wearing the Cincinnati C. They're, they've got the laundry on. So right. I, I'm rooting for the guys. They're wearing the right clothes. Um, yeah, it, it got blown into something way bigger than we obviously care about. But uh, it, was, it was an interesting day on Red's Twitter. Well, I'm told it was because, I, you know, I just I was going about my day. I had no idea. I got a text uh, from somebody. And then, uh, you know, they were talking about it a little bit in our Slack chat. But nobody, you know. Nobody added me. Nobody, nobody tagged me <laughs> in either into their post. And uh, you know, essentially, it's um, let me let me put it this way: we have always tried to be intellectually honest with you, and, and even when we're biased about something, my Senzel. Every time I mention Nick Senzel, I talk about my biases. There, you know, we try to be intellectually honest with you. And there's a certain element of uh, Red's Twitter that says you can either only be 100% in love with everything around this organization. Um, or you're a hater or something like that. I don't, I, I don't know what it is. And, and if that's the way you feel, wonderful. Feel that way. Um, I, I would say that we have been pretty consistent here and that we're intellectually honest with you. But we're also as excited about some of the young kids as anybody. And, you know, we're, and we, we are hopeful. We want, we want these kids to be great because why don't we talk about this team? Now we're going to be doing it twice a week uh, here at the Riverfront. And so I don't care how you root for the team. We're going to keep being honest. I challenge you to find another outlet that talks about the Reds and writes about the Reds as much as we do that is as honest about the, the franchise as we are. Um, and, and and we're able to be honest while also still being enthusiastic because at, the, at our heart, we're fans. And we didn't, I want L.A. De La Cruz to be 10 times better than Eric Davis. I want, uh, you know, a Christian Encarnacion Strand. I mean, that guy, he's, you know, he's looked great so far. Wonderful. I'm glad we've had 10, you know, 10 spring training days of some of these kids looking good. And they're talented, so I mean, it's not like it's necessarily a fluke, but they could have ten awful days, and these the prospect huggers, as uh, Carlos likes to call them, they'll be quiet then, and we'll still be like, okay, they're doing. It's spring training. Who cares what they've done? You know, the spring training is completely meaningless. It's completely meaningless. But you can still watch Encarnacion Strand, watch Ellie De La Cruz legging out a triple, and be like, oh man, that is awesome. I'm glad they have that wishbone C on their chest. And uh, it's not it's not um, inherently inconsistent to think, yeah, the Reds have screwed things up royally in the last three decades. But also, you know, maybe there's maybe there's some hope here. So anyway, I don't really know what the furor was because nobody really, you know, uh, somebody, a couple of people sent me a texted me a tweet. And I'm like, what? I just laughed about it because it's Twitter. Who cares? Twitter. And uh, yeah, if, if some of these people that um, are not intellectually honest with you want to mock me for saying that I don't care how you like to cheer for the Reds, then fine, whatever. Go do what you do. We're going to we're gonna uh, still be here and uh, kind of threading the needle, I, I guess. Um, and to tell you the truth, that's the way I look at it. There's only one more thing to, uh, to say about this, and it is, get in, loser. We're cutting payroll. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, you're not sufficiently optimistic about the prospects. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, if, any, if, he, uh, if anybody listens to the rest of this podcast, they are going to learn that I am sufficiently optimistic 
about so many of these prospects. I'm having a lot of fun right now. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's it's fun. I want these guys to do well. It's so it's so silly. So, but anyway, anyway, just all I ask: pay attention to who's telling you the truth and who's not. That's all. That's all I ask. Um, without mentioning any names. Uh, so we did have a question from uh, one of our friends at patreoncom sense. Of course, these viewer mail questions always come from our friends there. You too can support the the uh, the show. First one, we have a couple here about this. First one from Kyle Kapler. Quote, or is hashtag, excuse me, is hash brown prospect hugging cool now? And yes, I read your article. <laughs> is prospect hugging cool now, Nate? I'm going to give you this one. I mean, it's 2023. We got to be respectful of people's boundaries. So maybe uh, like prospect high-fiving, prospect fist bumping from afar. But you shouldn't just go up and hug random strangers. If you don't know these guys like that, they do not recommend hugging anybody. But we can be happy about the prospects. Can we? I'm not sure. I think I've been told I can't be happy about the prospects because I'm mad at you. Can't. I think I think I can. I'm oh. like a bridge. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> I, see, I don't understand how this works. Um, next question comes from Joe Farsing. Joe's question is, why are you so pessimistic, Chad? Let me take this one. Um, go to baseballreference.com and type in Cincinnati Reds and then scroll up past about uh, – I mean, we'll leave 1990 in there. Scroll, scroll up to about the eight, about 80, 1980, and then just look for a while. That, that's why Chad's pessimistic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, it's uh, I love Ellie De La Cruz. I love uh, Noel V. Marte. I love all these guys. Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, and Graham Ashcraft. I mean, it's fantastic. But don't uh, tell me to ignore the evidence before my lying eyes. Don't act like we should trust this uh, franchise. I hope so. Yeah, we, we've, we've said Nick Crawl did a good job you know, bringing in those halls um, under constraints he was under. We haven't lied about that. We're happy about it. We, if, if he has to do that, then do it well. And I hope they all turn into something, but come on, come on. Um, anyway, let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about these these prospects, Nate, and, and some of the things that have happened this spring, because there have been some fun things. Christian Encarnacion Strand, or as you called him last week, Encarnacion Steer. <laughs> yeah, that was it, me. Is he gonna make is he gonna make the Reds opening day roster? Um if you would have asked me this before spring training, I would have said no. If he was hitting I will say his his batting average, his slugging percentage, his OPS has nothing to do with it. I'm saying yes, and that's simply because Joey Votto's not doing very many baseball things, at least game ready baseball things. Joey Votto has earned the right to say when he is ready to come back, and I want him to come back hundred percent. So if that's not open today, fine. And if it's not, then I think that CES is uh, – I can just see – I can see the front office kind of getting caught up in the fervor and making them – putting him on that opening day lineup, especially if they haven't sold out. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's probably 60-40 right now that he's going to make it. Uh, caveats being that we don't know about Joey, but it's pretty – you know, I, I don't ever want to doubt uh, Joseph Daniel Votto, but it's looking like he's certainly not going to be ready for opening day. And if he's not, well, there's a place you can put him. Uh, you can put uh, Encarnacion Strand. And, uh, you know, um, people are, trying to, are basically comparing him to Jonathan India a couple of years ago when Jonathan India won a spot. I would just say that let – me, let me pull up the stats here. Encarnacion Strand has uh, – well, I had the stats up here. He's uh, – we're talking about 21 at-bats. And I always say do – just completely ignore spring training stats. But 
uh, he's been great in 21 at bats. And he's now he does have a history in the minor leagues. He's he's hit everywhere he's been. The guy can the guy's going to be a big leaguer. There's no question in my mind. Um, but if he if he plays another uh, five or six games, seven games, and um, he's you know two for 21, is everybody here that's going nuts over him going to change their mind? Because I'm not. I know who he is, and I don't let. 20, I'm not going to let 21. I think I know who he is. I shouldn't say I know who he is, but I know what he's done over the long haul. Um, so I think I think if he goes O for the rest of spring training, I still think I he's in, my, in the mix if Joey Votto is not ready because we know the guy can hit. And what's the downside to to you know having him on the roster until Joey's back, and then maybe longer depending on on how he performs. So yeah, the uh, the counter argument I guess would be that Nixon Zales also potentially not going to be ready for opening day. Shock, shock, shock. Um, and Matt McClain brings more position versatility, and he's also having a mammoth spring training. Um, he's actually shown some of the things I think you'd rather see some of these guys take. I mean, the Cardinals, you know, Strand, trust me, no bigger fan than me, is up there just taking daddy hacks at the first pitch every time <laughs> and hitting bombs. McClain's drawing a lot of walks, showing a lot of patience, doing a lot of things that you're going to have to do to succeed at the major league level. And the fact that he can play all around the diamond might make him a more uh, you know, natural answer to fill that fill that hole. But we'll see. Either way, I'm excited about McLean too, man. He's having a, he's having a great spring. Okay, and again, I'm gonna I'm gonna be yelled at about this, but we're talking about 19 plate appearances. Yes, he's having a great spring, and he's, and he's demonstrating the play uh, discipline that you want to see, and. Um, it, Hope, well, that's it for hope. me. Like I'm, I don't, I don't expect him to have a, uh, you know, 1.706 OPS in the regular season. But I do love the fact that he's got seven walks, and that that that's a skill that translates. It is. It, uh, I'm not going to throw any more uh, water <laughs> on this. Uh, but uh, you know, I mean, half of those at bats have been against guys that aren't going to be on big league rosters. There are reasons why you ignore spring training stats, but. The uh, boy, I'm sorry, Joe. I did get sort of pessimistic <laughs> there. Maybe, maybe my reputation is preceding me. Um, what I'm trying to say, and I'm not saying it very effectively, is that I would have McLean on that open day roster if Sinzel's not ready, for example, or Incarnacion Steer, regardless of this 19 at or 19 plate appearance, uh, you know, session in a, in less than two weeks of spring training. It's stupid to make any decision. On spring train on a week and a half of spring training baseball, it's just foolish. But Matt McClain's a talented guy. Okay, now he has been up and down a little bit in the minor league, but he's a talented guy, first round pick. And if if who would you rather have in, in center field, for example, on opening day, if Nixon Zell's not, well, even if Nixon Zell is ready, some people might say Matt McClain. Matt McClain or you know random. I don't know. I guess T.J. Friedel's the next guy. And Friedel's looked awfully good in the spring as well. But we know we know what Friedel is. Can I offer too. you? Can I offer you a Will Benson? Well, that's the guy I've been after. That's the guy I like. Um, so, but any of those guys, I would, I would, yeah, I would give me Benson or McLean, Frank, just because I want to see what they can do. I've got a pretty good idea what TG Fruit can do. And maybe I'm wrong because he's looked great in what, nine games in spring training. Um, and about looked, 100 played appearances at the end of last year, too. So he, he's the one that like, I don't expect it. But there's like, if you're looking for a reason to hope, you, you can find it. It's not that crazy. He had some a little bit of success after some changes last year, and it's carried over so far. I know I don't expect it. I don't yeah. think he's going to be an everyday big leaguer, but there may be something that uh, he's tapped into that we haven't seen yet. And he seems like such a fun, likable dude too. Like he's like if he is your fourth outfielder, your utility guy, I think that makes a pretty fun roster. 
No, I'm okay with that. And I think actually, even as a starter, you know, you can see you don't have to squint too hard and see a, a situation scenario where um, Friedel is, becomes a, a league average hitter, and he's yeah. a pretty good defender. And so, you know, for the next two or three years, he could be a, a center fielder, you know, in, in the big leagues. Uh, maybe not for a team that's a consistent playoff competitor, but for the Red Sox, he, you know, he's not going to embarrass the team. I can absolutely see that. I don't mean to yeah. just um, say that that's not possible, but I kind of have a little bit of idea what Friedel is. I think. I want to see these. I want to see the Matt McLean. I want to see what he can do. I want to see Will Benson. I, I, I want to see what they can do. Give them, give them the, the first opportunity when uh, when these opportunities arrive. Same with uh, uh, Encarnacion Strand. If Otto is not ready, put him at first base or DH. You know, um, just let's see what he can do. If he doesn't do well, send him down to the minor leagues and let him continue. You know, I mean, there's you know, I don't know. I just this is a year where I have so few expectations that all I want is some fun. And yeah. Regardless of what the the people say about me, these kids are fun. They're fun to watch, and because because we can still hope about them, and hope's been in short supply around here. So, I would definitely rather hop on here every Thursday evening and talk to you about, you know, Spencer Steer, CES, Matt McLean, and these guys, as opposed to Matt Reynolds and Albert Almora Jr. That's it. The Reds could lose ninety eight games again, but if we're talking about these interesting guys and guys that have a future, then it's I'll have fun talking about them all year. That's exactly the right way to frame it. I don't want to be talking about Matt Reynolds and Mike Moustakis and um, rest in peace and um, Albert Almora Jr. I, I, give me give me these kids because at least there's a little bit of unknown there and which allows us to dream. And that's really all we can ask for at this point. Um, the Reds did make their first roster cuts of uh, spring camp, Nate, and there was one. There was one player that was not cut, but was added to the big league camp from the uh, from the minor league camp, and that was uh, pitcher Chase Anderson. Chase Anderson now in the mix for that number five starter's role. Um, I imagine you have some kind of a hot take about Chase Anderson. Um, and if you do, if, yeah, exactly. They're not. It's not good when he's in the mix uh, to be a starter, but that's okay. It is what it is. Um, the Reds that reassigned four pitchers to the minor league camp. And uh, and then uh, see what uh, one, two, three position players and some interesting names in there and some names that have futures in Cincinnati. The pitchers that have futures in Cincinnati specifically are uh, Andrew Abbott, a lefty starter, and then Connor Phillips, a right hander. Those two guys are bursting with talent. They will be big leaguers, barring injury. So um, they were cut, quote unquote, but really they're going to, they're, they're going to start the year of the minor leagues anyway. Get them down there, get them consistent work. Um, the only player that I was, uh, I don't know, well, I guess there's two two of the position players that are at least worth mentioning. Alex McGarry, who we've talked about briefly on the show uh, mm-hmm. once or twice, and then Alan Serta, who is just, he has light tower power and hit one. He hit one bomb uh, for the Reds uh, in the spring train here that was just, I, I think, I don't, still don't think it's come down. So, but really no surprises any of those guys, but some guys that do have a future. Yeah, I think that it wasn't so much of a demotion. You know, people think of, oh, they got cut as a, as a negative. No, there's just so many people they need to take a look at during spring training, and there's only so many innings and so many at-bats. Um, so they send these guys down, get them regular work. You know, they'll be going out there as, as often as they need to. Alan Serdick can get all the plate appearances that he wants to in minor league camp. He's only got, what, like six or ten or something in big league camp. So send them down, let them get some work. Um there are a couple guys that I'm pretty excited about. Andrew Abbott looked good in his brief stand uh, from the University of Virginia. Um, some guy named Gary Busey 
Mucinitz <laughs> apparently uh, did not impress. So uh, Alan Mucinitz. Um Yeah, I don't know. Um, briefly, the same thing about those pictures that you said about the hitter. I want to say there's a good argument to make now that you know Green and Lodolo and Ashcraft are in, in the big leagues. That Andrew Abbott and Connor Phillips are the two best. Uh, pitching prospects in in uh, the entire Reds organization, and they each had pitched two innings so far this spring. So yeah, get get them out of here. They're going to be back, and this will not be their last big league camp, and hopefully be the first of many. And they could both be on the big league roster at some point this year. But let's mm -hmm. let's get them some work, continue their development. Um, that's you know, in terms of uh, news this week, the only other thing that we really had, Nate, was uh, Justin Dunn, who we've uh, lamented many times here, but it looks like he's going to miss quote unquote months. With his shoulder injury, he got to check that again. He doesn't have to have surgery still. It's like the 12th consecutive year he's had a shoulder injury that didn't require surgery. I don't know what to make of it. I feel bad for the kid. He has talent, but he just has not been able to stay on the field. And um, I don't know what else to say about it. No, just, that sucks. Get well soon, man. Like nobody is going to be feeling worse about this than he does. So sending, sending Gino Suarez good vibes your way. Good vibes only to Justin Dunn. Anyone else? Uh, Interesting in the in spring training so far to you, Nate, that you wanted to mention that we hadn't mentioned. The only thing I will mention is I'm really interested in the fact that the Reds are still in a ton of bases. There's still more bases than pretty much anybody in, in baseball. And I love it. Again, I've been anti-stolen base for a while because the analytics don't uh, say it's not a good thing to do, but I'm all in. It's They're fun. Stolen bases are it's fun. Bring them on. So much fun. I'm loving watching those guys fly around the bases. Um, some of the names that we expect are looking pretty good. Uh, Jake Fraley's had – you know, some nice at bats. All this comes with a small sample size caveat. I've got him Henry Ramos. I think he went to play in the World Baseball Classic, but he looked really good early. Um, but for me, I'm I'm getting more and more excited. I was I was a bit lukewarm on Spencer Steer. Like I like the guy. I think he's gonna be a good, serviceable big leaguer. But the more I've watched him and his approach, I think he really just has potential to be uh, more than I have been than the credit I have been giving him. Uh, and your boy Will Benson. Will Benson's looking good, man. Yeah, no, Benson, I, he's, he's, he's my guy this year. Spencer Steer, you know, uh, we haven't talked about him much here lately, uh, but a few episodes ago we talked about how the Zips projections and all the projection systems really had him looking good um, this year, and I didn't know what to make of him because yeah, he had a great debut last year, but I wasn't quite sure exactly what to make of the guy. He's looked good so far. Again, small sample size, whatever. Um, I hope these guys keep hitting extremely well this spring. Because I don't want to see all the prospect huggers have to go quiet. You know, their internet, uh, you know, might go out or something, and they won't be able to tweet anymore. I would hate to see the internet go out in uh, certain uh, certain homes around the tri-state area. Uh, but because I, I want them to, to keep playing well. Stevenson's one. Uh, you know, Ellie De La Cruz, his numbers, if you just look at it, and he, don't look at numbers. It's spring training. Do yeah. not look at numbers. But when you watch Ellie De La Cruz, you uh, see it. That you can just tell. I don't. I'm not a scout, but you can tell. That's that guy's a big leaguer waiting to happen. I mean, just the swagger and the speed and the fearlessness. And uh, there's one. And you, if you go to the Riverfront Cincy Twitter account, though, we retweeted it. But there was a ball that was hit to short right field, and Elliot De La Cruz is barely around first base, and he turned it into a double. I mean, it was just. I don't know. He he. That guy. It's it's Billy Hamilton levels of athleticism and fun with actual talent attached to it. So that's why that guy is at the top of everyone's list. And I cannot wait to see that guy in the big leagues.
couple other guys we want to talk about. Nick Lodolo, Jose Barrero. Tell me what you think about either or both of those. Um, Nick Lodolo, real quick, we do need to mention um, only five innings, but uh, two hits, um, two walks, and the guy looks like a stud. Um, he's been unhittable. He's, he's overmatching dudes, and he's been facing some real big leaguers too. So that's been cool. Jose Barrero, I haven't gotten to watch every game, but I have watched – five or six of his plate appearances. He looks more comfortable than I saw him last. I'm not saying he looks particularly good, but he looks better. So I'm going to be cautiously optimistic because I've, I've just changed my expectations. If Jose Barrero has a 100 or better OPS plus, way to run created plus, I'm good. His glove is good enough to, to man shortstop and have some fun. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm cautiously, very, very cautiously optimistic about Jose Barrera. Okay. We're completely reasonable. First about Lodolo, his numbers are only so that good because he has not faced uh, Will Benson. Um, about Barrero, you know, my thought was just, is has he done enough to keep, the, he's sort of the default starting shortstop. And my position all along has sort of been, he would have to really flop and somebody else, McLean or De La Cruz uh, or, or Marte even, would have to really do something crazy to take the position. And we're talking about the opening day position, not, uh, you know, July one or, or August one. Uh, Barrero, you know, we're talking about 19 plate appearances, 278 average, 316 on base, 444 slugging. Do not make any judgments based on spring stats, but um, I'm, I'm with you. Looks uh, as much as I can tell, looks a little more comfortable. And so um, asking for those, uh, you know, stats that you uh, mentioned a moment ago is probably a tall order. Uh, sort of like we were talking about Friedel in center field. If you just be an average hitter, okay, uh, you can play because his glove can, and his arm can play Barrero. Uh, so I think he probably is your starting shortstop on opening day. But I just it, whether he hangs on to that for very long is going to depend a lot on how guys like McLean and especially De La Cruz perform in AAA. All right, Nate, uh, how about we t talk about some awards? You want to give out some awards, some preseason awards? We have to. There has to be evidence of how little we know about the Reds. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, there are 468 episodes before this one. Pull it with all the evidence you need. This is, well, of course, the, is, the, go ahead. This is the Riverfronts 2023 preseason awards show. And Ooh. I meant to wear my, I went to wear, it's supposed to be a black tie only, Nate. We, we forgot. But uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to power on anyway. Uh, are, are we ready to hand them out? It was a uh, black tie only before they found out that we were on the guest list and they had to change their expectations just as we do as Reds fans. This is my favorite episode of the year. I, uh, I love getting to look back at this and see, you know, where we were right, where we were probably wrong. And uh, this is when I start to really, really get excited. Well, then we're, let's uh, begin with the, the first one, the Reds most valuable player. Uh, before we before we give our picks here, though, I need to remind everyone this is just an exhibition. Please. No wagering. Most valuable player. Who will be the Reds' 2023 most valuable player? Nate, I hand it to you for the uh, to hand out the first award. Well, after we spent all this time talking about uh, how excited I am about spring training stats, I'm going to say do not be excited about this, guys, because my pick for team MVP this year is Tyler Stevenson, QB1. My guy is going to be healthy. He's going to hit. He might not be the leader. He might not get a captain C but he's going to have the best stat line. 
Uh, Nate, his OPS is 471. He's a bum. The, the the fact of the matter is he is the only answer here. Uh, you can you can argue for some other some other people. I wanted to argue in, in favor of Joey Votto. Couldn't bring myself around to mm-hmm. do it, but wouldn't be surprised if he did it. You know, I uh, Spencer Steer. I, I I thought about it. I thought about it. Obviously, Will Benson's the best, most talented player probably in the history of the franchise. But I'm gonna say he's gonna you know need a little time to ramp up. Next year he'll be the team MVP. So I'm with you. I'm going with Tyler Stevenson. He he frankly he's the best big league player on the roster this year. And uh, he's the he's the Riverfront's preseason MVP. So we actually agreed on one that now the Cy Young. I don't know if I have a feeling we're going to disagree on this. Maybe not. I, I, but I'm anticipating who you're going to pick. My choice for the Reds, not Cy Young, the pitcher of the year. I guess um, I don't want to call it Cy Young because Cy. We're going to call it the. Uh, oh, what are we going to call it? The uh, the the Aaron Harang Award. How about that? I love it. The Cy Young Award. The Aaron Harang Award. So the MVP is the Joey Votto Award. The Pitcher of the Year Award is the Aaron Harang Award. I'm giving it this year to Hunter Green. Opening day starter, Ooh. Hunter Green. I just, again, we always talk about his ceiling. I think he's going to start to bump up against that, start to show us uh, some of that uh, skill. And uh, I, I think this is going to be a, I mean, last year was sort of a breakout year in a lot of ways because we got to see what, his numbers didn't look great, but we got to see what he could do on a regular basis. I think this is the year. He's the best pitcher on the Reds. What do you think? Who's your perfectly fine choice? Um, I think you're just overlooking one Hunter Strickland because he is <laughs> going to be so valuable for other teams. No, um, my choice was Nick Lodolo. I think Hunter Green was was my number two. It can go either way. I just think the couple of years that Nick Lodolo has on Hunter is going to be a difference maker, and he's going to put together a more consistent 2023 season. Completely reasonable pick. Um, I will say this, Hunter Green may not end up win, winning the Aaron Harang Award um, for the best pitcher on the Reds in 2023, but he will win the best Hunter Award because he is better than Hunter Strickland. <laughs> All right, next uh, next uh, award, which should be uh, you know exciting for a team like this, but it's the Chris Sabo Memorial Rookie of the Year Award, or should we name it the Scott Williams? No, I'm going to go with, I'm gonna go with uh, no. Sabo. Chris Sabo. The Chris Sabo Memorial Rookie of the Year Award. Although Chris Sabo is still very much alive. Um, who's, I'm going to give you a first shot. Who's going to be the rookie of the year on this team? Got a lot of, got a lot to choose from. I, uh, I, I put two down in my notes and then immediately wanted to switch to a different one. And I'm going to do that. Audible to Spencer Steer. Um, he's going to be there all year long. Um, and I think the guy is just he's, he's going to get on base at a high clip. And he's going to be valuable to this team playing all around the diamond. Spencer Steer is my pick. And that was going to be my pick, but I decided that I'm just going to lean hard into the shtick that I'm that I'm, uh, I'm developing here, the Will Benson shtick. You know, it's going to kind of be a long running gag like the Billy Hamilton gag was for so many years on this show. Comic book superhero Will Benson. Will Benson's yeah. going to be your rookie of the year. It was hard qualifies. for me. It was hard for me not to just ride the CES hype train. <laughs> I was I was all about it, but. You temper my expectations a little bit. Your, your pessimism seeped through the computer screen. <laughs> you know what would be the most fun? Is if it were Encarnacion Strand. Or if it were Ellie De La Cruz. Mm-hmm. If they played enough to be the best rookie. That could be uh, that could be terribly exciting. But I'm not going to bet on it. All right. Comeback Player of the Year. The Comeback Player of the Year. Who are we, we going to name this one after? The Comeback Player of the Year. Jose Rio. I'm going to name it after Jose Rio because he Ooh, came back to the Reds it. after many years. And... Uh, and had uh, one last hurrah. 
The comeback player for the Reds this year is going to be Joseph Daniel Votto. Joey Votto wins it for me. You know, injury play year last year, not uh, not up to his standards. I think he's going to come back and be an above average contributor and win this award. What do you think, Nate? I think that he is the obvious choice. I also think that if you are uh, the criteria for this award are um, had a much improved year or had a great year after injury, then the entire roster might be eligible. But <laughs> there, there is nobody I want to see succeed this year more than Joey Votto. And may, I've maybe never wanted anything more in my baseball fanhood. Like for Joey Votto to have a monster, monster 2023 would be amongst, if not my favorite thing to ever happen in Reds fandom. I agree. I agree. That would be fantastic. So uh, we're going with Joey Votto. Next, next, the Nick Crawls Halls prospect of the year. Now, the prospect of the year, here's the way I'm going to define it. Someone that doesn't play in the big leagues at all. Okay. Or if he do, if he does play in the big leagues, he doesn't play enough to that he, that he couldn't still qualify as a rookie next year. So okay. he doesn't get to play a whole lot in the big leagues. So who do, who do you have here? I am going with um, – I actually had, had the question about that, that criteria because if they could have played in the big leagues for a substantial amount of time, I was going to go with CES, but I'm going to go with uh, the next guy I'm most hyped about, Noel B. Marte. I think that uh, much like CES, he's going to grow out of shortstop, be a, be a bigger boy, and just mash baseballs. The guy hits. So that's my guy. Uh, completely reasonable. You know, you want to give it to Eli De La Cruz, but I'm also hoping that Eli De La Cruz gets to play enough in the big leagues that, you know, uh, we, so so do I want him to be the prospect of the year? Not really, because I want him to be in the big leagues. I want him to be the the, the rookie of the year. So I, who, I'm going to give it to Andrew Abbott, the lefty starter mm -hmm. from the University of Virginia. Uh, the guys, again, I watched him in, in college a lot because I do watch college baseball. And um, he was so good. And so I'm so excited about him. That's who my... Nick Crawls Hall's prospect of the year is going to be. Uh, Nate, the evil Mr. Red mascot of the year. Who's that going to be? The mascot of the year this year. There are three to choose from. Who are you taking? Uh, There's only one choice. Don't you say Gapper. it. Gapper. Don't you do it. <laughs> uh, Gapper. Okay. I'll, I'll... <laughs> Nate's gone. He's left us. He's officially off the show forever. Uh, no, we're going to give it to Gapper. I think he's going to have a strong year. And he could have been the comeback mascot of the year because he's not been sure. good for the last few years. But, yeah, we're going to go with Gapper. Who's going to be the Reds manager? This is not on our list. Who's going to be the Reds manager of the year? I'm going with David Bell. <laughs> I think it's a pretty safe bet. I don't know. We'll see. Might not they be. start out 3-22, and 22, he might not be. Yeah, it could be Jim Riggleman. Ah, um, oh, Jim Riggleman. That would be the uh, the Bob Boone Honorary Mas or Manager of the Year. All right, so those are your preseason awards. We agreed on most of those, Nate, which is kind of kind of scary. Um, can we do some viewer mail? Please. Let's do some viewer mail and then we'll get out of here because I'm missing a ball game. Um, Nate, we have a new member of the uh, the crew this Woo. month. And, you know, every month at uh, our, from our Patreon family, patreon.com, like Riverfront Sensi, every month we do a Zoom hangout. We just get together. You know, during the season, we'll watch a Reds game together, basically, uh, via Zoom. In the offseason, we watch the Bengals, or we've just talked. And we did it this week. And we had the first instance ever of a new member of the uh, the family joining us on a Zoom hangout before he even was assigned his beer league softball position. And that's Tyler Bricky. Tyler, it's good to meet you. Good to have you come on the, and really enjoyed talking to you. Come on the on the Zoom hangout. 
So Nate, you know, it's our it's our tradition here. Every new member of the Patreon family is assigned a position on the beer league softball team. Tyler Bricky, what do you think? I'm thinking um, I'm, I'm getting pitcher vibes. I got Tyler Malley still stuck in my head. So I see him being a pitcher that also just mashes, mashes dingers. The guy's putting up 35 home runs plus in the beer league softball circuit while also pitching gems, just lofting them mm. in there. Use the floater. Use the floater, Rowan Gardner. <laughs> well, I, I went with the Tyler thing, but I had uh, catcher. You know, Tyler Stevenson Ooh. sort of is where I went, but I, I think I'm going to go with you. He's going to be—he's a pitcher, but he can absolutely mash. Yeah. Um, Nobody. Tyler. Exactly. That's true. That's true. Tyler Bricky, thank you so much. Welcome to the welcome to the family. Really appreciate you joining us. First question this week comes from Joey Gaditza. Who is going to be the first player from the Hall to legitimately contribute at the big league level? And so I guess when we talk about the Hall, we'll talk about players that were acquired via trade during the last calendar year. Who's going to be the first player from the hall to legitimately contribute at the big league level? I think it's probably got to be Spencer Steer, right? I mean, that's who I think. I mean, he's got the best shot at being on the yeah. in starting lineup on opening day, so he's the, probably the odds-on favorite. Who else? Does it go back to the um, last last season, off-season trades of Gino and Jesse Winker? Yes, yeah, yeah. Anything that happened last calendar year, I think we can – um, you know, I can make an argument that Jake Fraley was he part of that? Yeah, but do you consider him? He was, but you consider when I think of the Hall, I think of the prospects. Yeah, prospects. I think of the prospects. You're right, but Spencer that's how Steers, I'm, that's how I'm reading it. Spencer Steers is definitely the answer. Um, okay, that's what we're gonna do with Spencer Steer. Good question, Joey. Next question from, comes from Jerry Sadoof. Jerry says, "I dare say I feel somewhat optimistic about what? Get out of here, Jerry." Next question from Hooper Pat. No, no, we'll answer your question, Jerry. <laughs> I don't expect a winning season out of this team by any means, but what benchmarks can this team reasonably meet to maintain our hopes throughout the season? Now, I'll let you answer, uh, Nate, but I'll, here's what I'll say. There are no statistical benchmarks. There's no one-loss benchmark because I don't have any expectations and don't, frankly don't care. I mean, I would love – if they can compete for a wild card, that'd be great. I, I would love that, but I don't expect that to happen. So for me, I don't know that the, the only benchmark I can say is, is it going to be fun? Is it going to be interesting? Are there going to be enough players in the starting lineup to keep me interested? Enough of the Encarnacion Steers, enough of the, uh, you know, Ellie De La Cruz's, the Jose Barrero's even, Matt McClain's, any of these guys, Joey Votto, and fewer of the, we already talked about, so I won't go too much further into them, fewer of the Matt Reynolds types. If, if you just give me some people that I can hope about, that's my benchmark. Six player, five or six players in the starting lineup every day, that I have some hope about for the next three or four years. That's it. Uh, for me, just one word, progress. I want to see these young guys get a little bit better, get a little bit closer. If they're doing that, then the Reds are going to win some games. They're going to be better than they were last year. They're going to be way more fun than they were last year. And there's going to be some real energy, real buzz going into the 2024 season. So I just want to see progress. I'm with you. Virginia's on a 7 nothing run. Uh, they're up 16-13 over North Carolina in the ACC tournament. Um, all right, next question comes from Hooper Powell. Hooper, I find the music theme of this week's podcast, and i got going to explain that because every week when I make a call at Patreon for our, uh, uh, our viewer mail questions, I say something goofy. This week I said, the kids are all right, which obviously you understand the music reference there if you don't go Google it. But um, because I knew we were going to be talking a lot about the kids this week. so. Um, but I find the theme of this podcast very timely, and the chance some of these young guys possibly making a team or on the team by June is music to my ears. The only question I have is, 
Whenever Creed comes on the radio, why do I know the words? <laughs> Nate, when we're done here, will you remind me? I have to go and, and actually ban him, ban Hooper from, from Patreon. That's absurd. Seth Shaner. Nothing to add. Yeah, no, get out of here, Hooper. That's Hooper, I'm 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 physically angry right now. I'm I feel the really same way about I feel the same way about nickelback Hooper. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Oh, I'm sorry. Gosh. Seth Shaner, small sample size, or is this something? That's what she said. It feels like last spring the starters would play okay and be in games or leave with the lead only to lose meaningless games when the dredges of the farm system made their appearances. Is the fact the past week has seen leads held on to or evens deficits erased indicative of a deeper organization? Well, I would I would say that. I don't want to step on your answer here, Nate, but my, my answer is yes, it, it, in some ways it's indicative of a deeper organization, but do not draw any conclusions from spring stats, spring performances, period. You know, I just, the Reds bullpen today gave up, uh, I think, 45 runs to blow the game against Chicago. Maybe it's 44. Um, who cares, you know? But I do think, given this, the kids that are closer, um, it is a little bit of a deeper organization. If you're Matt Reynolds's, uh, to go back to Nate's uh, analogy. So uh, that's my answer, Nate. Anything else you want to say on that one? I think it's more indicative of a uh, 2022 bullpen that was ravaged by injuries and underperformed. You know, some of the uh, the, the, the overlying underlying metrics. Those guys were not as bad as they seemed. At least a lot of Hunter Strickland was as bad. Jeffrey Hoffman was as bad. But I think the bullpen might actually be a strength this year. I think the uh, Buck Farmers and the Injabos are a little bit better than we made fun of them for because they have funny names. And I think having Lucas Sims back and Alexis Diaz is going to make this uh, a much improved bullpen, especially compared to last year's dumpster fire. Yes, yeah, I think that's I think that's true. Next question comes from Brandon Kamek. Brandon's question is this: Over under on MVPs for Christian Encarnacion Strand? Three and a half. Over under three and a half. Nate only, please. I don't need Chad's realism in my life. Three and a half. Um, I'm going to go over, but with the qualifier. Only uh, two of those are at the major league level. One of those is in the uh, Reds Got Talent competition next year when he busts out a winning performance. And then he's going to join the beer league softball team eventually and win MVP for them. You reminded me of something that I wanted to mention because uh, I'm not going to answer Brandon's question because he, he, it was not directed at me. So I'm going to completely ignore it. But the Reds had a, uh, uh, a three-point contest at spring training this year. I thought it was fantastic. Three-point contest won by Will Myers. But I still say, and I mean this with, in all seriousness, and Nate will tell you it's true, there's not a single player on the Reds roster that could defeat me in a three-point contest. Nate, true or false? Undeniable. You're nobody the only has, one here that's actually Nobody has seen worse me make form either. <laughs> well, you got to get it up there. You got to get it up. got to get it up high. Can't get it blocked. Um. Golly, man, I'm trying to brag about my limited basketball ability, limited only to be able to make a three occasionally uh, while standing in one spot because it's too slow to do anything else. And you still hack on me on that. Tyler Bricky, Tyler's the new guy, Nate. And when you have a new guy, this new guy's from Columbus. First of all, that's a strike against you because that's where Hooper Powell's from. He's banned from the show now. Tyler Bricky's from Columbus. And he's going to come on here and he's going to make some comments about my, uh, my ridiculous accent. And I don't approve. Here's Tyler's question. How does Chad pronounce the words wash and toilet? I just literally pronounced those. So you know how, although I'm from 
yeah, the, the hills of Appalachia, so I've never washed and never used a toilet. My grandma, who moved out of Appalachia 50-plus years ago, says Tyler, still pronounces wash as wash and toilet as turlet. Now, I've never pronounced them that way. I venture to say, Nate, we've both heard people pronounce those words that way. I, maybe you have. I know I have. Quite a few washers out there. Turlet is a new one for me, but maybe I just – we always say commode. <laughs> I just know that the first uh, president of the United States was George Washington. I always, that's what I was always told, George Washington. Uh, James Urban, who will win the World Baseball Classic? Team Puerto Rico, baby. Oh, gosh, I forgot. Nate's an honorary Puerto Rican now. It's got to be the United States of America. They're a contender. Oh, come on. You crazy? Get out of here. (laughs) Andrew Morin, final question. Who do you, what do you get the Cincinnati sports couple that already has everything for their wedding? Asking for a Nate. I'm going to go rewatch the meeting on the mound scene of Bull Durham for suggestions. Nate, what do we, what do you get somebody that's getting married? Um, you get some magical pill that you can take to make your uh, wife a bigger Reds fan so that she <laughs> tolerates your <laughs> hobbies a little more. I didn't know where you were going with that magical pill. That <laughs> I was like, whoa, it's, it's not late night Reds after dark here, is it? Oh, my. Uh, Nate, of course, is getting married this coming week in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we will have, have a show from there, at least part of a show from there. Yeah, I'm going to try to join in Puerto Rico and uh, wish me luck. She still has time to back out, but I think, I think we're looking good. Things are trending in the right direction. I think we're all right. I think we're all right. Nate, what else is going on around the uh, the Riverfront Network other than our new live show? Oh, man. we uh, Joe and I got together on the uh, Bengals show this week talking about the uh, Bengals single-season all-time defensive team, and we had definitely too much fun. Let's just say that you'll find out within the first 15 minutes that uh, you should not be listening with kids in the car. We were talking about ways that Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre have some similarities, and it went off the rails immediately, stayed off the rails, tried to get back on, failed twice, and then we just we just canceled it. We just caught it quits, but had a blast doing it. Outstanding. Wow. Three shows now on the Riverfront Network. We're going to take over the world. It's amazing. Uh, 2015. All right. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to and putting Riverfront, please subscribe to the show either on YouTube or in your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're at Riverfront Cincy and all those uh, platforms. And then once again, you know, a huge thank you to our supporters at patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy, without whom the show would literally not be possible. Welcome to Late Night Reds Talk. Join us on Sunday night, 9 p.m. Nate, any final thoughts? Nope. Uh, go Reds, man. Enjoy you. It's a lot of fun right now and enjoy it. Yeah, enjoy it however you want to enjoy it. Shout out to Adam Dunn. Shouts to Lisa Alberto, Wayne Krenchicki, Eli Cash, and Eddie Tobinsey. For Nate Dotson, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. <laughs>